Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Let's go! Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Welcome aboard! Wednesday, February 3rd, live from the Ghost Sports Media Studios in New York and D.C., Mr. Paul Copper and my other favorite honcho, Mr. Robert Cuny. How you doing, pal? Greetings and salutations. Hey, is it Wednesday already? It feels like we just finished last week's show. It sure is, pal. We're back. <laughs> woo Back and God help us better than ever. I'm doing great here in the land of Mary. How are you, Mr. Cuthbert? New York is uh, wintry it- and snowy. My uh, bones are aching from... Uh- Snow blowing and a shoveling yesterday, buddy. Yeah, well, that's that's why you got to live in a townhouse like yours truly here. The shoveling was minimal at best. The only thing I was shoveling was my own bullshine, like I normally do in class every day. But otherwise, the snow was it, it was an underperformer. It was underwhelming, as these things the last few years have been, at least down in my neck of the woods. I don't know about up there in the city, so nice they named it twice, but down here, I mean, it wasn't a dusting. But it wasn't the woo apocalypse that they were calling for. Well, we got a good. It uh, forced the, uh, the family and the kids to stay home for two days and miss school. So, um, but it's okay. We can uh, get around to where we need to get to right now. And they all went back to school, and I got some peace today at the home office, which is good. So, so in in your county, in your school district, they have they're back to in person learning. Yes, they are. They've been in person learning all year, my friend. Wow. And yes. uh, nobody's dropped dead from the COVID. Wow, that's 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 pretty. Uh, that's not very um, empathetic. Well, I'm just I'm just saying the, uh, the 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 panic, the fear of mass super spreader events because of kids going back to school has oh, not materialized. Yeah. I just went. Can you believe that? That's um, fantastic. Hey, look, New York has uh, has been doing okay. Uh, we plateaued out here in Long Island. Every school district is different. Um, some school districts are all virtual. Some are half and half. Um, our school district here, uh, for my little children, they, um, are both, my daughter goes, uh, in two to three days rotating and then she's home the other two. My little guy goes in every day, you know, he's in second grade. So, um, and then if a case comes up, they shut the school down 24 hours, then they send everybody back. And if that happens, they're virtual. So I have to say it's a good system. Um, I have, uh, you know, it's been, it's been difficult and tough as I know you've gone through and. Everybody's dis- district is tough. Um, one of my bands, we got together the other night and did some rehearsing. And my female singer is a music teacher. And she's in charge of 250 kids. And she's losing her mind because it's become so difficult. And she moved yeah. to a new school. So everybody's different, you know, in terms of how they handle it and stuff. But, hey, yeah, uh, in my little world here, and my two little kids, they're doing okay. And um, my wife is uh, at the high school and... You know, like I said, they have their up and downs, but for the most part, it's been pretty smooth all the way through. Is so, is there a student opt out 
if the kids don't want to come back to school, can I they just go went, virtual? Again, what is with uh, Again, what? I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't know it's, what's going on, here, man? Every time we do that. And I'm I'll not, do I don't even have a lollipop in my mouth. I swear to God. Look, that's too many questions. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But, you know, I will, um, I'll look in the newspaper. Thank and I'll you. see if I can find a couple of articles. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I'm interviewing Paul Cuthbert of the Sports Honchos, America's favorite new podcast on yeah. the educational priorities barely, in Long Island. I barely know nothing he's asking me about school. So look, everybody, welcome to the Honcho Super Sunday Preview Spectacular right here on the Honchos. And uh, Rob, this must be very exciting for you. Or is it a sad time with the final game? of the National Mediocrity League coming to an end. No, this is incredibly exciting. Next Wednesday, when we do our sequel to the Super Bowl extravaganza, which I like to call uh, Rob's grief therapy session with Paul Cuthbert as I mourn the loss of football and I go into the dark period where I'm wandering the sports wilderness until, you know, training camps open in August, if God forbid... I'm sorry, July, not even August, July, preseason games in August. But who knows what the season's going to look like, what the timetable is going to be. There will be lots, lots of the oblong ball to talk about. Football's going to be fine. It'll be back to normal, normal training camps, normal games, preseason. It's going to be a normal season in the fall. The one, the one league that has just Leroy Jenkins it through the season. No, no, nothing. No derailments. No, they're just bull in a china shop. Is the NFL? So I, they'll be back and doing whatever they're doing. Whatever happens, whatever next global crisis hits, the NFL is just going to keep plugging away. They're the cockroaches, the Twinkies of the sports world. Nothing can stop it, which is why it's so glorious. So yes, exciting time I next can Sunday when I'm. I can only imagine that quarantine amongst these two franchises right now. They're probably all chained down into their rooms, to their beds, locked in. Uh, they, guards, they're not don't the, leave my the, home. the Chiefs. Brady. They're not even. Well, the the Bucks, of course, are home because it's a home game. But the Chiefs aren't even coming into town till Saturday. You know, some of the changes. There's no Radio Row this year, which a lot of pundits have said. Nah, don't miss it. But. It's going to be a lot less of a celebration. You know, the NFL experience, which they have in, you know, at the stadium, the weekend of the game, that's going to be gone. No radio row. Uh, the parties after and before. It's going I to mean, be very, you know, you're, for a Super Bowl, it's going to be very toned down. You're talking like you go to all these things. No, I don't go to them. I wish, but I certainly will. I certainly follow them. It's all part of the experience. I used to, in my younger, crazier, and more follically covered days would actually watch everything they broadcast from the Super Bowl, the media days, Roger Goodell's state of the NFL address. Well, whoever was the commissioner at the time, not necessarily Roger Goodell, um, all that stuff, you know, now that's, it's that's all just... gone. One day, one day, uh, Paul and I will get the, you know, the sports honchos van, the Scooby-Doo mystery machine-like van <laughs> and drive it down wherever the Super Bowl is and broadcast live, not all week. That would be excessive, but broadcast live on Super Bowl Sunday. Well, for your maybe Super Bowl somebody hunt, will be paying us to do that one day. Someday. And, if, and listen, if someone is going to pay us, a, a part of my contract says I want the mystery machine mobile sports on show studio. I like that. I like a nice little minivan and 
yeah. painted on the side. Yeah, I'm down exactly. with that. I'll start Mystery. designing it. I'll start designing it. Maybe we'll get on one of those, you know, car design shows, you know. They build it. We'll, I'll find some rusty old, <laughs> you know, two-door little van, and we'll send it to a shop, and they'll fix it up. But look. You know, I had a story real quick about that. I had a student a couple of years ago who was from Connecticut, huge hockey fan, not old enough to remember the Hartford Whalers, but still somebody who who followed them and said the Carolina Hurricane was dead to him. He found an ad for a used official Hartford Whalers Zamboni that you had to come to Connecticut, fix, and somehow haul back to where you were. And he brought it to my attention, very excited. And I will tell you, for a moment or two, I sat there and I looked at him and I said, I started doing the calculus in my head. If we got up there, how much would it cost to fix? And would we just drive it back down 495 and 95, a Zamboni down the highway through the New Jersey Turnpike? I thought about it for a minute, and then I said, no, that's ridiculous. But I'm telling you, every once in a while, I think, I wonder if anyone's bought that old, used, non-functional Hartford Whaler Zamboni. How great would it be to have it in your garage and have people come over, look at it, and go, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, and then say, you're an idiot. What are you going to do with that thing? Yeah. But hey, okay. a man yeah. can dream. You're an idiot, yeah. I am, I am. No, but I, you know, as you're talking about it, I'm picturing, you know, you know heading down. <laughs> And uh, they've changed the words to that uh, famous old um, Doobie Brothers song to uh, Zamboni Zam- down the highway. Down the highway, yes. Or the uh, the Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, the Jerry Reed song, or Jerry Lewis song from Smokey and the Bandit, Eastbound and Down. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, well, we're going to jump into all that kind of stuff, some football, some hockey, and everything else. Um, but right now I want to talk about the sweatshirt you're wearing uh, from the 1983 <laughs> Orioles Championship. It's, it's actually just a regular old, <laughs> not sponsored by Nike, Orioles sweatshirt. That was and one of my favorite shows last week, buddy. Underneath, <laughs> whatever. Underneath, I have another Orioles shirt. It's like a nesting doll of Orioles paraphernalia. Horror. Horrible franchise. Anyway, what's on You're your done. mind? Can we talk about airplanes? Sure. Just for a moment. Absolutely. Before we get into the sports nuttiness, I just this want to. This is what to, we do. I want to terrify people because that's what we're in the business of. You are a man, you know, when the world gets back to normal, who likes to travel, yes? Yes, I do. Okay. So this is from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, is, it January credi- is it a credible newspaper? The Los Angeles Times, they're, yeah, they're in the middle okay. somewhere. Headline from Los Angeles Times. Airline pilots making in-flight errors say they're, quote, rusty because of pandemic. (laughs) Rusty. Okay. A pilot preparing to pull a passenger jet away from an airport gate forgot to disengage the parking brake, damaging a part of a towing vehicle that was trying to pull the plane to the runway. I will add parenthetically, how many of us have pulled out of the driveway and forgotten to disengage the parking brake? Oh, but wait a minute. We're not responsible for 200 people 40,000 feet above the earth. Uh, Not above the earth, above the ground. Uh, Another pilot had so much trouble landing a passenger jet on a windy day that it took three tries before the plane touched down successfully. And yet another instant, the first officer forgot to turn on the anti-icing mechanism that ensures the altitude and airspeed sensors on the outside of the plane are not blocked. Now... Uh, one of these pilots said, um, 
Because I had not flown in a few months, I was rusty. The first officer forgot to activate the anti-icing mechanism, said. In an anonymous report to a safety reporting system run by NASA, I felt my recollection was strong enough, but in reality, I should have taken time to review the standard operating procedures. Richard G. McSpadden Jr., that's a great name. What? Senior Vice President, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, Air Safety Institute, God, that's a mouthful, said, the key to flying safely is frequency. You are not as sharp if you haven't flown for a while. Now, let me just stay for the record. I understand that repetition and practice makes perfect, but I expect that my pilots, the ones that are flying me from here to there, back when we can travel again, don't need to be reminded every time they get into the cockpit what they have to do. Like, I don't know, releasing the emergency brake. I could see windshield wipers going from intermittent to low, to high, that one, no one ever gets that one right. Maybe knowing when to put the hazard lights on and when not to, okay. But in all seriousness, isn't it kind of their job to be ready? You know, I haven't, during the pandemic, a couple weeks went by when I didn't drive my car. I didn't get in my car and go, ah, what's the skinny pedal do? What's the fat pedal do? With all what's due respect, driving your here? car is a little I, simpler now I than know, taking a bird up into the sky I know that weighs a, a gazillion less, tons. There's a lot less knobs. <laughs> like you're a knob right now. There's a lot less knobs in my plane's cockpit than in the than you know in a plane. But still, I don't expect my pilots to be rusty. I mean, if it's your first day on the job, okay. But I want my pilot to be well seasoned. According to this, and we'll stop scaring the bejesus out of people, to ensure pilot proficiency, the FAA says that pilots are barred from flying a commercial jet unless they have performed at least three takeoffs and three landings, either on a plane or in a simulator, in the previous 90 days. I kind of want them to be in a real plane, not a simulator. You know what happens in a simulator? If you crash, you walk out of the simulator. Are you, are you so, talking about American pilots? Yes, the FAA, the Come Federal on. Aviation Administration. You know, oh, but I'm, wait. I'm a little but, upset with you right now. You got more to read here? Because I'm going to rip you more. one or two or oh, three. That's fine. Go. That's, isn't that what we do here? For pilot, now, they did make some COVID exceptions, of course. There's COVID exceptions everywhere. For pilots who did not perform three takeoffs and three landings in the 90 days before the end of September 2020, the FAA gave a 60-day grace period. For pilots who didn't meet the requirement before December 31st, the FAA amended the rules again, adding a 30-day grace period. Here's what was the most perplexing. Apparently, the grace period was there because the FAA decided that being in cockpits and flight simulators increased the risk of spreading COVID-19. So they want you to be experienced. They want you to have the time in the air. They want you to have the flight time, but not as much because of COVID, which has led to pilots saying, because we don't get enough practice, we're rusty because of COVID. Again, I understand there's a lot of complicated stuff going on in an airplane, but I would think, okay, maybe while you're not flying, why don't you, you know, brush up, read a manual or two. Go through the you know the practices and procedures in your living room while you're watching. You know, football. I'm, I'm I'm a little disappointed. Do you, do you have any pilot friends? No. Well, you know, you but I don't want to hear their you rusty. Talk smack. You shouldn't talk shit like this. I you don't, don't want to hear pilot, pilot is rusty. 
I got pile of friends. I got pile of friends. I got pile of family. Okay. First of all, I don't want to jinx anything because unfortunately, baseball Hall of Famer since we started this show, not doing too well. But okay, has um, anyone died at the Hall of Fame yet? No, not as far. Not as, at this time, no one's died yet. But okay. stay tuned. Have any planes in the United States? Have any? Have you heard of any major stories here? Major airline stories in the United States since COVID and the shutdown. Let's say on last March and and since they started getting back to somewhat, you know, it's not full regular flights, obviously. But have you heard anything? No, thank God. No, no you haven't. I just no. don't want to hear that my pilots, you know. Are, need hey, a brush up, need I a refresher, okay, and taking the parking break off. Best pilots in the world, this country. Don't ever forget that. Okay? Now, you go across the pond. Unfortunately, in some other countries, and, and there's been a couple accidents, fine. But and I don't, I don't oh. even think they have the protocols for COVID that they do here. Oh, no, it's been disaster in some of the other countries. Yes. It, it was also in that article as well. They've so actually back lost off our pilots. I'm you know, just you know they've it. had more problem with morons on the plane who don't want to wear their masks or causing all kinds of trouble than they've had with any pilots. Pilots, pilots have been landing planes safely, and they've actually had to alter routes and land early because of the nut jobs in the back. So if you're going to search for any articles about flying, back off the pilots. But, okay. It's, I, I'm, it's, listen, it's the morons it's, on the plane. It's a job that, to me, I have nothing but respect for pilots. I'm just saying. I don't think if, you do. I don't if, think you would have If something is up. going to go wrong. I think you had a bad experience with a pilot. No. If something is going to go wrong, I would just rather my pilot give me any other excuse than, you know, I'm rusty. Again, unless his name is We're rusty. We're all rusty. It's been happening all across the board. Yeah, but. You make a mistake in the classroom and go, oh, sorry, just Google that. Buddy, Here's I got what news really for you. I got news for you. When they I know. start running the uh, the, the big uh, buses for the gambling casinos for the senior citizens, you might want to stay off the road for a couple of weeks, okay? I don't Those know guys will be rusty. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. Um, you know what? Here's an idea. If you and need this a is... taxi in New York when everything gets back to normal, here's, you might want to stand some... a few more feet back from the sidewalk. Here's an out-of-the-box idea. When they come you ready? Back. You ready? Here's an out-of-the-box thought. Why don't we just, you know, stay in our houses? That's something we haven't done for a while. Let's just stay indoors. I think most of the country, uh, well. Let's um, stay locked let's down. Let's say most of the Northeast has. I can't speak for the rest of the country. Let's say just just down to about where you are down there in uh, Virginia and, and D.C. No, no, no. Hey, Mary, hey, easy. Mary Virginia. But uh, anything. We south, don't speak about the further over you the, go down south. Yeah. It gets a little, little you know. A little we don't speak there. about the Commonwealth across the river in Virginia. <laughs> Thank you. We here in Maryland. <laughs> wow, you Commonwealthers, we don't we don't associate with your type here in Maryland. <laughs> oh, too much. Anyway, I'm not worried about. There's two reasons why I'm not worried about the pilots, buddy, in this column you brought up here. Number one, they're doing they're, they're the best pilots in the world. Number two, I ain't going flying anytime soon. Yeah. If I was afraid of flying before, and I'm not, thanks. I'll and take I the have, Madden cruiser. I haven't needed to go anywhere near JFK or LaGuardia over here, so I'm all right. I'm okay. All right. All right. So with that said, Oh, it's to, sports time. What? It's sports time. Is it? 
I hope so. Are we gonna? We're not the airplane honchos. Really? Is this the time Maybe. to do this? Are I don't you know. Sure. All right. Oh, you're... Let's go to the rinks, the hardwoods, and a little hot stove. Don't touch it; it's hot. Little MLB. Here it comes Rob. Get the groove. Woo! Yeah, clap your hands, everybody. Lots of things to talk about tonight, baby. On this Super Sunday preview spectacular. Lots of Super Bowl talk coming up. But before we yes. get there, man. and There we are talk- some other sports. Yes, there <laughs> are. We're, gonna, we're skipping past the NCAA. I'm sorry, I'm not giving you the scores tonight. Yeah. All you soccer fans that are tuned in with the, everything up to your rear right now, we're not doing any soccer. There's no miscellaneous. We and we, got, yeah, we're we not going to bring up any Larry story. King stories tonight yeah. or anything else. Okay? You got the airplane story. That's so. enough. Go pound sand. There's a lot of COVID stuff going on. <laughs> and if you're on your way to the airport right now, you might want to turn back as far as Rob's concerned. Right. But anyway. All right, Take buddy, what do you want to do? You want to you jump on the rinks here first? Uh, Sure. Let's talk sure. about and the hot I... Mr. Daniel Chara. The Capitals going to the cup, baby. Yeah, I mean, man, we finally lost a game. It was bound to happen. But before we get to that, can we do a little Uncle Paulie's story time? Sure. Can we all Hold climb on, on Uncle Paulie's knee? Would you please tell those of us not in the New York, the greater New York, New Jersey area, what the hell is going on with now, I guess, former Ranger Tony D'Angelo? What's up with this guy? Well, here at <laughs> Tony D'Angelo's story time here on the Honchos, have I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. It turns out that Mr. Tony D, <laughs> high-scoring defenseman for the New York Rangers last year, has a bit of a off-ice problem with problems. A bit rough around the edges. Oh, a little rough around the edges. <laughs> now, I, for one, think Tony is a super talent. He's a great player on the ice. But unfortunately, he's caused quite a bit of a huffuffle amongst the New York Rangers organization, which came to a boiling part point uh, this past Sunday and Monday uh, after their recent loss uh, prior to their win, actually. But their, their loss the other night to the, uh, the Sabres. No, was it the Penguins? It could, doesn't matter. Was it the Blackhawks? Was it the Whalers? I don't know. Anyway, was Tony the, D had a little problem it? after the game the other night. And uh, the team has had enough. I believe, I believe he got into a, uh, an altercation. Not I believe. The reports are that Tony. See, this is a great story. You don't know which way I'm going. You don't know how I'm no. going to turn on this story. I love the music, too. <laughs> the music's killer. All right, so they lost in overtime the other night. Georgiev gave up a bad goal. Tony D was on the ice. Allegedly, supposedly, it's been reported, and this is since the GM and the president, J.D. and Gordon, had the press conference, and they said that Tony D had said something to Mr. Georgiev, didn't like it, took exception to it, and then either Chris Kreider or Ka'Andre Miller bailed out Georgiev and sucker punched Tony D. Not sucker punch, but they hit him or whatever. Man, this is just, I don't know where this story's going. I mean, I'm just glad I'm not the guy who broke it. <laughs> anyway, um, the team has decided, uh, they did decide to put him on waivers. So he's not playing with the team anymore. Uh, right now, the current status is, is that he's probably going to be traded, and there seems to be some interest. And like I said, the guy's really talented on the ice. It's a shame. He just signed a two-year deal uh, for a couple mil, almost $5 million, and um, he's not going to be here anymore. This goes back. He's had some off-air uh, 
off-ice stuff as far as political views. Um, he's had sensitivity issues in the past as far as when he was drafted, he came in, um, all that kind of stuff. You can go look up Tony D stuff. But as far as the Rangers are concerned, he's a bit of a, uh, a headache, and they got rid of him. And uh, unfortunately, on the ice, the Rangers have now lost a pretty talented defenseman. Obviously, a loose cannon. You know, his head upstairs is not all there, unfortunately. And uh, they're going to have to replace him. They do have a couple of guys. I think they're going to be okay as far as that's concerned. And uh, now there's rumors that his agent is saying that there's quite a few teams that are interested in him. And a lot of teams, like I said, he cleared waivers. Nobody wanted him. And uh, the Rangers are going to keep him on the taxi squad. So, uh, you know, he's still he's sitting at home right now waiting, and he's collecting a lot of money. And uh, that's the story. And I have a feeling Tony D is going to end up on a team, and he's going to come back to haunt the Rangers. One way, form or the other. Um, in terms gotta, of how he... It's got to be plays. good for your morale, though. It's got to be good for Ranger morale, right, to get rid of this guy? Well, they came back against Pittsburgh the other night, and they won, and they played very well. They played very well defensively. Uh, they played very well on uh, the penalty, penalty kill. It, it did seem a lot different. It seemed like the team, the coach, uh, there was like a, a weight that was lifted off. Um, right. Which, like I said, it's, it's unfortunate that it got this way because the kid's a good player. But, you know, you, you can Google it. There's, uh, there's even been a small little mini documentary on him, and he's from South Philly. Um, tough area. No, you know, no wonder. <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And then the other big controversy that had happened here the last couple of days is when Ke'Andre Miller scored his first goal for the Rangers against uh, Buffalo the other night. And Ke'Andre, if you don't know, is African-American. And... Um, these guys had said that uh, he was holding the puck as a joke, didn't give him the puck, and it was like... Tony D was holding the puck. Tony D was, yeah. and because the Rangers hadn't put out, they usually right away, if you score your first goal, they put your picture up. They did it for Lafreniere when he scored the other night. So this was a whole other controversy. I don't want to drag this on too long, but it, it turns out that, like I said, Gorton, the GM, and J.D., the president, uh, John Davidson, came out, and number one, they just basically called it as it is. Tony's not playing with the Rangers anymore. They're going to try and trade him, and um, they also knocked down this story. Mm-hmm. And then Greg Wazinski from ESPN, he had spoken to uh, operations at the Rangers. The bottom line was the training staff, because of the travel now, it's different with COVID and everything. They just didn't get the picture out as they usually would, and that whole story. So there's a couple of guys here in New York in the local area with a blog, and this happens a lot in all sports here, Rob. You know, you got, you know, even guys like us, right? We have a podcast. We're talking about sports. We have our opinions. Um, yep. But a couple of these guys, um, you know, had said that they had their sources. And it caused this whole other type of controversy, which gets sensitive. Like, if this kid has issues and he's got a history and he's not working out on this team, that's fine. There's no reason to pour gasoline on, on a fire if it's not true. So my personal take, being a Rangers fan, I think it's terrible that – They've lost the talented kid like this. Um, but I understand that if he's not working out, you know, it's like if, if you got a guy at work, maybe he's a great mechanic. But if he's, you know, ruining the shop, you you got to let him go, you know. So let me ask you this and then we can move on. Let me let you play uh, John Davidson for a moment. If the Rangers had this book, had the book on Tony D'Angelo as being, you know, this rough around the edges, as you said, why sign him? I mean, let me rephrase that. You know, Obviously, you sign him for the come talent. Come on, but, you know why? All right, teams I mean, sign him for the talent, but but weren't they concerned this was just going to blow up in their face as it has? 
Well, I think this ki- this kid had been given a couple of chances. Now, mm-hmm. in game two this year, right, or after game one, he was he was benched. He was taken out of the lineup because of his play. And right. I believe that's when it this kind of thing kind of started spiraling because he didn't take that benching too well. You know, whether you want to call it sourpuss. And then it just everything else started to happen. So, look, I think eventually, like I said, Whatever happens on the ice is totally different to what happens behind the benches, in the locker rooms. And, you know, I bust chops with you because you asked me why did they not vet him. I'm sure they did. Of course they did. You know, all there's like I said, there's uh, Bob McKenzie here at TSN saying there's a lot of interest in this kid now. So he's going to get he's going to land on a team. And basically what they're doing, they're going to do is they're going to sit him down probably the same way the Rangers did and said, hey, look, you got to behave, stay in line. You know, uh, you know, his Twitter account got shut down and everything because of uh, mm. a whole bunch of other stuff that was going on. And that was another little folly that was going on here, too. He, he supposedly set up a burner account, and the fans razzed him on that because they, they, they knew it was him. So, like, off the ice, it's just been a pain in the ass. He also had his own podcast, you know. So he's he's got this big personality away from the game and obviously, you know, the problems that he had uh, in the locker room here. And, and unfortunately... Uh, they're just not having it. So I think going forward, and like I said, the Rangers did come back, had a great win against Pittsburgh, and now um, going forward, we'll see how this team reacts. They're playing your big, bad Capitals uh, tomorrow night, and we'll see how that goes. And and that's it. So the Rangers organization, yeah, he's gone. This kid will be all right. He's a millionaire. He's going to be fine. Somebody picks up his yep. contract one way or the other. He, he's got a signed deal, so he's good. And I think the guy is. He's going to end up somewhere else, and, um, you know, they'll until he causes a problem somewhere else, he'll get to play a little bit. Um, but unfortunately, he is bringing some baggage, and there is a tag on him as far as, you know, um, his behavior. But I'm disappointed, like I said, and um, because he's a talented kid. But you got to go. If you're not working out, and those guys would know. The guys in the locker room know. The coaches know. Um, I'm sure they gave him, you know, five, six, seven strikes, and this is it. So that's the story. Well, you know who is working out is 143-year-old Zdeno Chara. Oh, for our Washington Capitals. He's a gem. He's a gem there. I mean, I mean, the day. two goals, two assists, plus eight, second you only to Justin Schultz. You see the celebrations. They love him. It's like, it's just, it's like going they, it's, to see Grandpa at the nursing home. <laughs> it is. Every time he scores, you know, it's it doesn't matter what the, the game situation is, when this goal was scored. They're loving him. They they can't get enough of old Grandpa Z. And again, his plus eight is second only to Justin Schultz's plus nine in the young season. By the way, now we're in because we have one less win. We're now in second place, but still, we've only oh, lost one way, game. Zidane's playing great opposite, you know, Carlson as a in the uh, first line defense. Is uh, having. I mean, I, I mocked the signing. You know, we have to stop mocking guys that are 43 because last time I checked, the guy played in the Super Bowl on Sunday, also 43 years old and getting it done. The real news, though, look, I, for one, as we talked about, when the whole Lundquist thing happened with the the heart issue and having to retire. By the way, did you see his post today? He's doing yes. great. Thumbs up. You know, go, super sky point for uh, Henrik Lundquist. He's he's. On the road to recovery. But But I thought with Simsonov, you know, in a 56-game schedule, sure, he's going to play about how many games he would play in a regular season. But we had no backup. We had Vitek Vanacek and possibly another 
guy from straight out of Ingleside, Craig Anderson, uh, on our taxi squad. And as it's turned out, you know, Samsonov got was one of those uh, pinched in the whole COVID fiasco. So he hasn't played in over a month. Probably going to come back sometime this week. Um, but Vanacek is your NHL Rookie of the Month. Hey, okay, month, too. month of January, 5-0-2, goals against average, .918 save percentage. In NHL since 1968, there have been nine goalies who have won their first seven starts, who are undefeated in their first seven starts. One of them, besides Vanacek, was our own Jim Carrey from the 1994 season, who also won Rookie of the Month in March of 95. So he's been quite a pleasant surprise. So I'm not saying he should step in instead of Simsonov when he comes back because he's still our number one goalie in the future of this franchise. But I would say with these two guys, we're pretty set. And you know who's in amongst the league leaders in goal, by the way, speaking of ex-Caps goaltenders, good old Groobs, Philip Grubauer. Colorado. For, uh, for, for the Lanch. You know, I think he's one or two in uh, wins for goaltenders. I can't remember which one it is, but you know, our, we're everywhere. So, you know, and Owen can't forget good old Phoenix Copley, still on the Capitals. Are he's like our permanent backup. I don't think that guy will ever see ice time unless there's uh, that's a you know, some sort of major delay. Which yes, it that's is a great good. problem to have. Right, if we don't he's have not to call on the in, ice, you guys right, are doing all right. We don't have to call in somebody from marketing or accounting who used to play hockey in college to come out and be our emergency goaltender. So, you know, with everything else that's happening, obviously Peter Laviolette's, his stamp on the Capitals is readily apparent, but getting contributions from unknowns, like non-unknowns, what we were going to get from Char was the unknown. Vanacek was certainly an unknown. Um, You know, I just, when we're full strength again, you know, and all the COVID stuff is behind this team and everyone's back on the ice. COVID in the NHL is starting to get a little crazy. Speaking it is starting that. to get crazy. So hey, before you look wrap out. up the Yeah, before you wrap up the caps, I got two words for you. Peter, yes, love your let, baby. Uh, it's look, I've been saying the last two coaches that we hired, we because you know I work right there side yeah, by the side. Yeah, the guy who Capitals gave me a hard management. time with the Yankees a couple of weeks, he's saying we. Um, I don't remember yeah, well, you being, you know, champagne soaked in the caps locker room when they wanted to stay oh, I was. there a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh huh. We go ahead. I I was the guy, you know, wearing red. Um, the last two coaches they hired with any sort of experience, Ron Wilson, which goes way back, of course, and and Trots, 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 Trots. Barry Trots, having a got little, us, little tough time on the island out here. Wilson Wilson got us to the finals, the cup finals, and Trots won the cup. And so every and then they went with Reardon, who had no experience. And this is a team that didn't need a coach getting his first experience as a, as an NHL head coach. So they finally, Leon said, okay, let's go get someone with experience. A guy who probably, again, I said, I'll probably burn out quickly, but by the time Laviolette was out his welcome in Washington, we could have another cup or at least another serious cup run. This team, which is not getting any younger, obviously all kidding aside, they got to win now. I mean, yes, we have a nice mix of veterans and youth, but this is a team one more, you know, ride off into the sunset for, you know, Ovechkin and Backstrom. And to some extent, Carlson, although he's a little bit younger. We needed a coach with some real hockey experience. And, you know, they don't get much more experience than LaViolette. Again, he's going to burn out two, three years. 
as expected. He'll pull a Keenan, but the you know he could leave with you know one more cup for the old Washington Capitals. Well, I got news for you. I know they're not going to do it now. No, no, actually, Peter Laviolette, you know his track record. He may not win, but he'll get you there. Yeah. All right. Every team yeah. he's coached, Flyers, Stanley Cup Finals, Preds, Stanley Cup Finals. Yep. Canes. Well, I can. Won it. Been a yes. while, but except for the Icelanders, um, <laughs> where he's gone, he's gotten there. So well, uh, this is it. I could. Uh, go ahead. What were you I was going to say, I can tell you that even though the Caps have won the Cup, this is not a fan base that's now expecting to win the Cup every year. So getting to the finals, the fan base, he'll never have to buy dinner in D.C. again if he can get the Caps just even into the Cup finals. Well, even even aside of uh, Laviolette here, a real serious note, the team is playing damn well, and they really they showed some great colors there when um, when those four or five guys, those starters were out. Yep. Uh, and, and they won. And, you know, Chara looks like he's been there for years, and he's just going to be a great influence on a lot of those young guys too. So, look, everything's going pretty well. Um, yep. You know, there's a couple of the notes here in hockey. Uh, you know, as far, I think I think the Caps have, a, you know, they stay healthy here and get the all the way to the end. I, there's, a, there's a buzz going on up north, though, in Canada. The games that are being played up there are just phenomenal, ex- except for the Senators, obviously. But um, <laughs> you this, this might be in a crazy COVID situation division set NHL you might get your first Canadian team championship this year so you know three weeks into the season right now and things are starting to gear up and and just to touch on a couple like I said COVID is really starting to hit the NHL a little bit um you know more than it's had um the wild now um has six players out the devils got hit they had 10 players in uh COVID protocol the Sabres Sabres right. uh the Vegas Knights are reported that uh the coach DeBoer and defenseman Peter Angelo may not be available for the game against the Kings this Friday. So um you know it's it's out there. It's buzzing and it's it's shifting you know this whole 56 game schedule here. I don't yeah. I don't know as far as the NBA is concerned there there were a couple of games has there been a lot of shifting in the NBA because it seems now like the NHL um, really has started to shift it, and I'll tell you this for the first time. Well, I can tell you, as of Monday, uh, that this so the first uh, the NBA has postponed twenty three games. Wow, that's a lot. Um, it's now starting to reschedule games that have been postponed because they're coming up on the second half of their season. Wow. Remember, they they cut these seventy two games into two thirty six game. Well, you remember season, what I so said. So they're feeling until, the pinch. Yeah, but until until like affects your own team. You're kind of not really paying attention to to where it's happening everywhere else, right? right. The Rangers are supposed to play the Devils uh, this week, and now they're not playing them, so it's weird. So you don't have that that game on the schedule is going to get postponed or whatever. So it's like the first thing, and then you start seeing, you know, the Sabers going down, and these are, now now you have teams in your division. So our range, you know, me as a Ranger fan, stuff. It's the first time we're starting to see this, and we're gonna it's going to be a little bit of a disruption, you know. And I, I um, feel like. Tomorrow's game is that a reschedule because it's a one game? Or normally we, we play, you know, a home two games at home against the same team. I don't. I, I, don't fe- I feel like no, that I game because the I thought Caps our opening didn't reschedule game. any of their games mm-hmm. due to the COVID. They just put those four or five guys in a, in a protocol, and that was it. Right. And they kept the schedule going. So I don't. I don't think the Capitals have been rescheduled. I don't think so. I think this was originally. It's just weird to have a one gamer in the middle of There's two games couple. with. There's a couple popped oh. in there because the Island, the Rangers oh, okay. playing the Islanders, they played them twice in the beginning, open up the season. They've got a one-gamer on the schedule, and then they don't play each other till April. 
Oh, okay. Too. So no, yeah, that, that makes wrong. sense. Okay. It's so, so hard to keep up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because we, we, you know, we went through the the college football and all that other stuff. You know, the NBA starts. You know, you're talking about all those games that are rescheduled now. Um, and now, like I said, we're we're getting into you know football had a, a couple here and there, but not a lot. And now the NHL is starting to get into it here too. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, what happens? One other thing I just want to bring up here with the NHL too is the the Rangers are actually going to be hosting um, the professional women's uh, associate a, a professional women's association game at the Garden on February twenty eighth. Now these guys, these ladies, these guys, these ladies are not affiliated affiliated with the uh, National Women's Hockey League, which also has a couple teams. New York Riveters are one of them. Um, Buffalo has a team. Toronto, a couple more teams. But this is a, another um, association here, so they're given uh, some exposure here and an opportunity uh, for women's hockey to kind of grow here too. And I think they're televising it. And I think that's a great thing. Um, so check that out uh, coming up on the twenty eighth. So uh, and that that would be great. Maybe this is somewhere down the road where this organization hopefully will combine with the other women's organization. They can kind of grow it a little bit. And I I do want to say this: the women's hockey games are getting thousands and thousands of streams online. Like eighteen thousand, twenty thousand streams for good for their games the the, the NWHL. So that's a good sign too. So yep. there's a little look. Inter- the other thing entertaining about, like, entertaining what? sports is entertaining sports. So I'm glad that uh, if, if there's people playing good hockey or good basketball, good whatever, watch. You know, be entertained. Go, ladies, go. That's what I say. Yeah, that's what I say. Um. So that's it. Any thoughts here on the, on the COVID and the hockey uh, there, uh, Rob? Or you want to just kind of move on here a little bit? No, I think you know we've we 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 kind of exhausted. I mean, there's nothing really new to say about it. It's it's there, and we applaud the NHL for plugging along, and we just hope that slowly but surely they start introducing some fans into the arenas. And you know, it's same thing every week. You know, we're just we're happy the lights are on and they're playing games and. You know, we'll see what happens. All right, two more little mm-hmm. notes. So uh, Pittsburgh's a little closer to getting with GM. Uh, Bob McKenzie, insider for TSN, is reported. Uh, so that'll be cool. And uh, we talked a little bit about the Dubois and uh, Line A trade last week. Uh, Line A deplay, uh, debuted with the uh, Jackets in a 6-3 loss. No points. So one game, he's... I, no, he's a bum. No effect. He's a <laughs> He's bust. a bum. Ask for the trade to be rescinded. I, I think Tortorella's <laughs> benching for the next 20 games. Probably. All right, pal. Well, good night. Take care. All right. See you later, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Any base? Any any basketball news? Anything you really want to get into with the the hoops? I mean, Uh, you know, the NBA. It seems like it's every week they have some tightening of their COVID restrictions. Now the latest one is. uh, Remember, they had the hug police and the COVID sniffing dogs last week. This week, now the NBA will be requiring players to wear not just any mask, but the KN95s or the what I've never heard of, the KF94 masks, in all instances were required. The policy will go into effect in the next week. The league is in the process of getting masks to all 30 teams before making it mandatory they are worn. How do you feel about this? Whole, you know, I know there's uh, some news today. There's some, there's some headlines going across about you know, whether everybody should be wearing two masks. Oh, God, no. So, first of all, what's your take on this NBA mask thing and the the thought of wearing two masks? I mean, it's 
forget the two mask thing. I've even seen, you know, three masks because, hey, the more masks you have, the less likely the disease is to travel through it. But again, the less likely you are to breathe normally, the more things you have covering your face. So I don't I, I'm a one masker. But the, the the NBA, look, if they want to make the best masks, the ones that are required, fine. I think the bigger issue is getting players to actually keep the masks and coaches and anyone else in the sidelines actually over their mouth and nose. I think people forget that when you don't cover the nose, you, you might as well just take the mask off completely. And I know, as it's been said, masks, it's like throwing sand against a chain link fence. Some of the sand will be stopped. Some of the sand's going to get in. The, the, the N95 masks, the good masks, are really the only masks that are, I don't want to say foolproof, but they offer you the most protection. So um, look, if that's what the NBA wants to do, great. Keep on, say the same thing about the NHL. Keep on revising your protocols and changing the rules if it keeps the games played, if it keeps a few arenas with fans in the stands already. But again, it's the enforcement. Rules are great, but they're only as great as the people who are tasked with their enforcement. You know, I say that about any sport, any any protocol, any rule, COVID or otherwise. What are they going to do when someone has their mask, you know, down on their chin? I don't know. And if you're not going to enforce it, why have the rule? Right. Yeah, this mask thing is, uh, you know, kind of perplexing. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to get into the whole, you know. Did you ever see the movie The Mask? With, uh, loved Jim it. Gary? Not the Jim Carrey we spoke about earlier, the rookie for the Capitals 25 years ago. No, okay. uh, the comedian Jim Carrey. That was a great movie. I know I'm going to get a lot of shit because they See, said now, it was a great movie. He couldn't wear but, that mask. He'd have to wear a mask over that mask. He would. But would it still have the same effect? I don't know. Would it still turn him into a human cartoon character? That was when Jim Carrey, for those of you that are not old enough to remember, that Jim Carrey was funny. Once, just like John Stewart was funny once. Now they have both gone muy loco, although in different ways. But yeah, yeah, well, that was doing, they've been doing a long time. You know, eventually, you know, you run out of being funny. I think it just literally happens. Oh, you just never run, run out, out of, of being funny. You never the guy run out who of didn't funny. run out of being funny was George Carlin, and that's for nope. another show. Yes, that that's for was, deep into the summer. Too, by the way, deep into the summer when there's nothing going on but August baseball. We'll do our best comedians. Premier League soccer. Yeah. Well, okay. Seconds. It'll be minutes of soccer. And then all talk of comedians, our favorite movie comedies, best, you know, metal band of all time. NHL will be just steamrolling towards the Stanley Cup final in July. I'm saying in August. Well, let's start training camps right away. We'll talk about training camp right away. we'll We'll save the Carlin talk for August. All right, sounds good. Um, I'm just getting people to. I'm getting people to want to listen deep into the summer. It's called a tease. It's called being a radio professional. Sports honchos will turn into (laughs) comedy honchos sometimes. Soon enough, yes. And that's our motto: you never run out of funny. All right. Yes. No. You never do. (laughs) Bring a spoon and a bib and a napkin. Yes. And you'll uh, you'll be okay here. All right. So good luck with the masks. Everybody, mask up. I'm not yes. making fun of the mask. I'm not making light no. of the mask. The only thing, like I said, to me, when we talked about this last week with the NBA and the NHL, I mean, these guys are all, I don't know how it works. I thought they were all tested. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter. 
you know, it's 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 actually very tiring. <laughs> yeah. Keeping up with all of this. It all really right. is. All right, we've had enough of mass talk. All right. Yeah. Let's talk some hot stove baseball of Mr. Cuny. It's a little hot out there. It is. A little hot in baseball. It is. And man, the money. The money no. is just unbelievable. The contract negotiations. I mean, all these guys are getting signed. Big trades. We don't even know if they're going to play. And now this, if they even get this season in, there's talk already. Next season, they might not even play. How funny would that be, Mr. Cooney? Because if we all go, go back to normal next year, and the MLB is shut down. Talk to me, buddy. So do you want to start with the negotiations, or should we start with something I do. Something I think so. I think that's pleasant. what I led okay. you into there right well, there. Look. Take the, the cue, Mr. Cooney. Sorry, I was... I don't know what I was doing. Okay, look, here's what I understand. Well, I do understand this. The Major League Baseball players and the Major League Baseball owners could not possibly not only be more be farther apart, but they couldn't be more out of touch. So for those of you not following the drama between these two as we they try to figure out when to start the 2021 season, here's what all you need to know. Baseball said – to the players, MLB said to the players, we think we should start the season, uh, delay the start of training camps, spring training to March 22nd, start the season on April 28th, play 154 games and wait for it. But we will pay you. We will pay the players for 162. So let me just let that sink in for a minute. Sink it in. We'll sink pay you. Like the Titanic. We'll play 154 but we're only we'll pay you for the full 162. Now I, I'm not the smartest person in the world. That's so much money, buddy. Okay, but I think that if you said to me, "Would you like to work less and make the same amount of money?" Hmm. Let me think. Yes. If they said to me again at, at my job, instead of teaching five classes and making your exorbitantly high salary, how'd you like to teach two classes and make the same salary? Sign guys, me up. They don't want to be home, man. They want to get out of the house. So they've and also they besides the <laughs> what they're concerned about is the union. The union's excuse for it's not taking less games in the same amount of money is they don't want Manfred to have exclusive rights. Commissioner Rob Manfred to have exclusive rights to cancel games in the event of an outbreak. They have also nixed the Players Association. Have also nixed the expanded playoffs the universal designated hitter, the uh, seven-inning doubleheaders, the running starting on second base, neutral sites for playoffs, all those things are either have already been rejected or are up in the air because there's really no agreement. So when the baseball players said, we reject baseball's proposal, they just took it upon themselves to say, we're going to start the season on time, February 17th, report to camps, first game, April the 1st. The biggest laugher, of course, is you would think, hey, more playoff games, more money, more teams in the playoffs, more revenue, more money for the players, more money. I'm just going to keep repeating more money so people understand that more playoffs means more money. And this is from Bob Nightingale in the USA Today. The union, that would be the Major League Baseball Players Union, has steadfastly rejected the expanded postseason proposal in talks this winter, believing it would disincentivize teams Willingness to spend if it would be easier to qualify for the playoffs. 
What a load of horseshit. And here's the thing. Here's the here's the real problem. As contentious as they are now, they have a CBA. They have a collective bargaining agreement until the end of the season. The idea that they're going to somehow work things out in time for there to be a 2021-22 season with a new collective bargaining agreement, I have no confidence that's going to happen. I'm not worried, as you said, I'm not worried about this season. I'm worried about next season. Because if they can't agree to play less games for more money and have an expanded playoffs and a universal DH, which again would keep a lot of guys employed, what are they going to do when they actually have to come to an, a binding agreement this fall? I, it's, it's, that's, I, mean, I've, I cannot remember. I've watched baseball a long time. I followed off-field, on the field. I cannot remember a time when players and owners were so distrustful of each other and had so much tension between them. You know, I if I'm baseball and the players, I'd be like, well, let's just do whatever and save the fighting and the cussing and the spitting for the CBA, for a deal that's going to dictate the terms of our playing arrangements for years. Not just – they're so short-sighted. You know that old expression, they don't see the forest for the trees? They're looking at a lot of trees. Did they say that in The Lord of the Rings? I'm sure they've said it a bunch of times. I know you're making fun of the Lord of the Rings now, and I will not let you go down that road. <laughs> I know you're poking wise. Just curious you're if, the ends, wise. if the ends, if that, if it came from the ends. That's just I am, curious. I am, I am not going to indulge you. Oh, I got another show. We got another show we got to do now. <laughs> Keep listening, folks. <laughs> Keep listening for the eventually, further disintegrating relationship. this will not be a sports show at all. <laughs> if you're listening for the eventual disintegration of the relationship betwixt Paulie and myself, keep listening. <laughs> Welcome to keep Hot Joe's listening. You have no idea what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> no. But hey, Simon and Garfunkel hate each other. Brilliant music. So we'll keep doing this. It's all an act, folks. Don't believe it. All right. Well, you know. As fans, we just have to sit back and watch um, what happens here. I mean, we're watching all these guys make gazillions of dollars without – they're not even playing at all. And then guys who, uh, you know, got like $260 million two years ago, like Nolan Arenado, he's, he's chumping teams too. This is the other thing that's going on. All these guys are leaving their teams. Baseball, football, hockey, soccer, which you're a big fan of. <laughs> You know, well, the uh, first of all, just going back to the players association, it's a bad look too. again with what the country is suffering through people losing jobs, I making less to say, look, Congress doesn't care. I, I, they, listen, the, our government gonna, doesn't care. Nobody cares. Uh, we're not going to go down that road either. I'm just saying it's a time in our country where you can't just hope, look, they, just hope you make it a lot of see. You All these can't, baseball guys are making and sports guys are making millions and millions of dollars. Those guys are okay. Okay, but look, you can't look your fans in the eyes and say, "We know you're suffering." No, we had a chance. See, they don't we care had a now. chance. There's no we fans had a in the chance. stands. They don't have to look anybody Listen, in the eyes. We had a chance to make the same money and do less work, and we turned it down. It's just, it's so, it's so tone deaf. Speaking of tone deaf. Here's a nice segue for you. We have yet another example of the NBA creeping into other sports with this whole Nolan Arenado trade 
uh, from the Rockies to the Cardinals. I guess the Cardinals are like, hey, all these NL East teams are making noise. Talking about the NL East, talking about the Dodgers. Nobody's talking about us. Why don't we just get the best third baseman in the National League, possibly in baseball? Eight years in the majors, eight gold gloves. Uh, And it's fine, except I'm looking at, at some of the terms of the deal. Apparently, this is a guy in Arenado who is two years into a new deal that was supposed to keep him in Colorado until 2026. $260 million! And he said he sought a trade because he believed the team had done a poor job in building a team. The Colorado Rockies done a poor job in building a team around him. Here we go again. Players get big contracts. Then they want to be the third baseman and the general manager. Say, look, you're not doing a good job building a team around me, so please send me somewhere else. Now, if you're going to be sent to a team, that does a good job of building a team around players and you know merging themselves with the community, beloved by the community, always making good baseball moves. It's the Cardinals, but we again, like I said last week, we, this idea that players can just will themselves out of any situation, contract or otherwise, being under contract or otherwise, that's it's not good for the sport. It just isn't. Nobody cares. Sure, it's good for the players. It's good for Nolan Arenado. But here's another guy who didn't like his situation and said, I got to go. And the owner's got to say, look, I'm giving you 200 plus million bucks. If I got to sit your ass on the bench and not play you, hey, that money is spent anyway. (laughs) I've already spent that money. We can't get it back. So now you either play or you sit your tuchus down on the bench and do nothing. But this idea that we got to, you know, owners have to placate all their whiny star players because they're unhappy with the direction of the franchise. Hey, hey, Nolan, Booby, it's kind of hard to build a team around you when they're backing up a Brinks truck to your house. I'm not saying he's not worth it. Although, by the way, a guy that does much better, his splits at home are much better than his splits on the road, and you play in Colorado, that's kind of a red flag. I think we know the history of Colorado players doing well offensively at home, and then when they get to the less thin air outside of Colorado, they tend to fall off a bit. See, that's so. I mean that's the that's the problem I got already. I've lived in Colorado, and it's beautiful. <laughs> For that kind of money, being in the center of the country, you can hop on a plane down to the beach down in South Texas. You can hit the coast in Cali. You can go to Vegas. You can go north to the Great White North. Keep going right over the Dakotas. Uh, then you can shoot back here to the uh, the Northeast. I, I don't get it. You know, but like I said, nobody cares. <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> nobody cares about the fans. There's no loyalty anymore. doesn't matter. I think, you know, all of us as fans right now, we just, we're just kind of, you know, I, I guess I'm numb to this. You know, I don't have an Oriole sweatshirt on like you do right now. You know. And, uh, I mean, I usually wear my Yankee cap to kind of throw it in your face here on the, the video here. But um, it's just another day in sports with money. Everybody has money except the people. Like, you know, like I said, they can't even, they can't even, can't even have the people in this country. But if you play baseball or basketball, oh, we got money for you. you you've sh- Rob's shaking his head. I don't know if he's. Angry at me, or if he's no, angry. no, no. I just—it's just a sad <laughs> state of affairs. I just, you know, 
we're not here to solve any of these. Look, we're here to bitch about these problems. We're not here to really solve any of these problems. And you're right. The machinery of sports moves along, and whether the fans are happy or not, you know, the money is still changing hands. Um, I just, again, this idea that players under contract can just wind their way out to another team. And if you're the team that acquires that person, you got to be asking yourself, how long before, you know, an Arenado or a James Harden winds their way out of my team? Or a Tony D'Angelo. A Tony D. A Tony D from South <laughs> Philly, baby. So that's why I was shaking my head. I agree with what you're saying. I just, you know, I, I don't kind, know kind the, what, kind of, what, kind of what to say. Why we're doing a sports show, right? Exactly. They're all just greedy bastards, all of them. Yes, we can be real sports talk radio fans. They're all, all the owners suck. They're all evil. Fire all the players. We can do, you know, classic cliched sports talk takes. No, the, the king but, of cliches is Dan Campbell, and we covered that last week's yeah, we over the week. Hold on. By the way, I think he's still making a speech. <laughs> he's still this is an opening press conference. He's still talking. <laughs> oh, man. Campbell. You got to, hey, if you listen to this show, you got to listen to last week's show. It's pretty funny. We yeah. try and make them funny here at the uh, the sports. Conference. We try, we try, we try. So, all right. So, anyway, good luck to the Cardinals and that uh, that paycheck. And uh, some other little baseball news here too is uh, <laughs> the Red Sox. There, uh, Mister Dustin Pedroia is uh, retiring. Unfortunately, he's got a bad knee. Yeah, can't do it anymore, Rob. Great player, great just player. One of a, I mean, just. I'm almost said one of a kind. He's not a one of a kind player. He was just he was the heart and soul of that Red Sox team for so many years. And then the inevitable question comes up: Rookie of the Year 2007, MVP. Is he a Hall of Famer? I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's first or second in most of the major categories. Third in runs, fourth in RBI, second in batting average, second in hits, second in on-base percentage, second in stolen bases for second baseman, I mean, not all time. First in wins above replacement. You know, uh, from 2008, 2013, he was one of the, you know, one of the best there was in the business. You know, but knee replacement, yikes. I mean, he hasn't played since 2018. Many people thought he was retired already. But my feeling is if Jeff Kent isn't a hall of famer, you know, and I know there's personality issues there with Jeff Kent, but I, I hope they don't hold that against Dustin Pedroia. Dustin Pedroia is one of the best that I ever saw. Why would they hold it against him? Well, because if, if, if a guy like Kent with his numbers and he's got the home runs in addition to the other numbers, um, and he's above Pedroia in a couple of these stats, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm done trying to figure out how the hall of fame voters vote but i'd like to see both these guys in. i'd like to see pedroia go in first ballot i'd like to see kent go in eventually even though he was such a sourpuss <laughs> to put it lightly and a, and, a, and a liar but he had to put up with you know playing with barry bonds for all those years that would turn anybody salty yeah that's uh that's a locker room uh you, you're grateful to not be in you know yep well, look, uh, hopefully he will get uh, healthier and live a, a, a good uh, off-the-field life, and we wish him well. And he did his part for the Bo Sox when he was in the lineup. The last little yep. note here, uh, I'm not going to fire up the keyboards because he's not currently 
involved with the organization. But a former amazing but Mets the, manager. Are we talking about the, the service, as my people would say, oh. for the for the poor Mets organization? I mean, between Jared Porter and the GameStop and and Steve Cohen, you know, saying I'm just a guy trying to make a living when he's, you know, worth $14 billion and then getting off Twitter because of all the anger over this Game, GameStop nonsense. It's just more – I feel bad. It's As my people would say, it's more Surus for the Mets. You know, Mickey Calloway, their former manager, now – well – allegedly now uh, pitching coach for the Los Angeles Angels has been suspended. He ain't, because, he ain't just a pitching coach. You know what I mean? He's yes. Pitch, he's well, he's pitching, pitching something else. Not catching. Um, five women have accused uh, Mickey Calloway of lewd behavior, which includes, and stop me if you've heard this before, shirtless photos, requesting nude pictures, and in one instance, thrusting his crotch... Oh in a reporter's face while she attempted an interview. And this happened uh, five years and three organizations ago, or covers five years and three organizations, including while he was with the Indians and as Mets manager. So I, I got to say, <laughs> maybe people who work in baseball should just have their phones taken away until they leave baseball. Because apparently if you're a baseball professional, if you're a baseball executive or an on-field manager, you think a phone is your your gateway towards, you know, lewd behavior, guys being guys. Again, this is not a, a Mets thing, and the Mets had no real comment on this. It's just he's the Met, former Mets manager. It's one more thing. With all the good stuff that's happening with the Mets this year, this is one more thing they have to deal with um, or not deal with. I mean, uh, the Mets really had no, you know, it's not their problem. Not their monkey, not their circus. It's the Angels' problem. The only reason he hasn't been fired, by the way, um, is because there's been no investigation. Since Callaway denied the wrongdoing, there has to be a baseball investigation, a team investigation. So he's suspended only because they can't fire him. So, you know, we'll stay tuned on that one. We sure will. And we just want to let everybody know this Mickey Callaway segment has and will be and is sponsored by... Oh, yes. Our sponsors at Manscaped. It's that time again. I tell you, these professional players you know, just keep setting up these plugs. We might as so well you know, use them. Support for the show, for the sports honchos, is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Hey, Woo-hoo! friends. When you are in nothing but your boxers and briefs, like Jared Porter and Mickey Calloway, does it look like you are smuggling Bruno Mars or Sideshow Bob through airport security? Well, if so, you need Manscaped. Now look, we know that when you're grooming down in the nether regions, of which we do not speak, it's a very dangerous time, whether you're using tweezers, garden shears, a chainsaw, Nail scissors are my favorite, the old Rusty Menorah, wow. which used to be, used to be my radio name, by the way, Rusty Menorah. Oh. Uh, it's dangerous down there. You want to use only the best equipment, and that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. 
Can't wait for 4.0, by the way. The third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, pause for dramatic effect, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. And as I tell you, as I tell you every week, if you're spending 90 minutes down there, you should do it more often and use Manscaped. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. So if you're trying to sneak around, sneak your grooming in so you don't wake up the neighbors, the kids, the family, the dog, it's got a nightlight for you. You know, they've also upgraded to a 7,000. I, I think it's important to say that if the power goes out, it could save your life and your family. Right. You can still manscape even when there's no power. And you know they've also upgraded manscape to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Oh, no. Can't forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, just like you manscape, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB technology. If you're listening... If you were, that's, that'd be a great place for it, right there on the fireplace next to all your, you know, family photos. Uh, if you are listening to me speak right now, and I know I you are, I'm right. Here. I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get twenty percent off and free shipping and with free the code shipping. Honchos, H O N C H O S at Manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code HONCHOS, H-O-N-C-H-O-S. Your balls will thank you. Woo! Get yourself over to manscaped.com. Get yourself cleaned up down there and use the code HONCHOS, baby. Get 20% off. Let's Let's go. Take care of your business down there. Don't be messing around. Like me and Rob over here. We're always clean when we do this show. Nice and trimmed up. Ready to go. So far as you know, yes. Yes. We, we will not be providing any... No. ...video or picture proof. Just That's be it. thankful, yes, there's no That's video not. podcast. <laughs> well, buddy, rumor has it... Yes, sir. ...that, um, you know, there's this, uh, this big game coming up. Oh! Uh... <gasps> On Sunday, the Super Mediocrity Bowl. And look, as we prepare to <laughs> dive, I'm ignoring you now, head first into the Super Bowl. This story has just come across, well, a, a Ooh, couple hours ago. a hot ago. story? A hot story about two players, two Chiefs players, who earlier in the week were in quarantine for COVID, Demarcus Robinson and uh, backup center Daniel Kilgore. But the story has come out how they were placed in the COVID protocol because they were both getting. Uh, here, let me just read the, the headline. Manscaped. From, they were getting Manscaped. Tell me what they were getting Manscaped. I, I wish. I wish it was. That would be great. But okay. the, the headline from SB Nation: Two Chiefs players are in quarantine after their barber tested positive for COVID. Well, he could have. So been they're, they might. They might miss the Super Bowl. Because of a haircut. Not that I would know anything about getting a haircut. Um, the players decided to get their haircuts in Florida ahead of the game when their barber learned he was positive in the middle of a haircut. So apparently, it wasn't just these two, but a bunch of players, including 
Patrick Mahomes uh, were going to go get their haircuts before the big game. And if that had happened, if they hadn't caught this in time, again, the barber found out mid-haircut that he had tested positive. Can you imagine? I mean, there's an unprecedented decision for the NFL. What do we do if half of the of the opposing team is in quarantine? Now, these two guys, Robinson... Not my problem. Right. Robinson and Kilgore, if they get enough positive tests... They'll be back in time for the game on Sunday. My feeling is, especially with Demarcus Robinson, somehow the NFL is going to find a way to get him into the game. He's no Tyree Kill. He's no Travis Kelsey. But he's a pretty important cog in that Kansas City, Kansas City Chief machine. I somehow think he'll be back and better than ever, as they say. So the game is here. Well, it's not here. It's coming up on Sunday. Are you excited? Heard- Are you excited? I am. I am. I I have this this giddy look on my face. I am excited. And I will watch the Super Bowl like I normally do, all by myself, surrounded by snacks, because quite frankly, I don't want anybody to talk to me during the game. I just want to focus on the game and watch the commercials. You can't watch it with anybody? No, no. Now, the one exception is if the Wolfskins make it to the Super Bowl, Then I'll watch with, you know, as many people as possible around me. But when it's, you know, two teams that I don't root for. Plus, I got to make sure that when we come back next Wednesday for the Super Bowl wrap-up show, uh, that I've got all of my notes, including about the commercials. When Paulie and I will do a full recap of the Super Bowl commercials, which I have a piece of news about that a little bit later on. No, so no, no, the game is here. And it's it's very simple. How do you stop the Kansas City Chief offense. Are you ready? You ready for this extremely educated answer? I have my you don't. book out here, and I'm taking notes. I can't wait for you this. You don't. Go. Go. You don't stop the Kansas City oh. Chief offense. <laughs> That's it? Oh, God, let me write this Okay, down. That's the secret. You don't. You don't stop them. As, as the great Dan Patrick would say, you can't stop the, the Kansas City Chief offense. The Chiefs. You can only hope to contain it. Look, the mistake that teams make is they look at the Chiefs and say they got Travis Kelsey, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Patrick Mahomes. They have a really good running back. Let's just spread out our defense and try to stop everyone. You can't. You can't do it. it it's virtually impossible. If you're Todd Bowles and the Kansas and the uh, Tampa Bay defense, Todd Bowles being the defensive coordinator, you got to say, look, I'm going to pick one of these two guys. I'm going to pick Hill or I'm going to pick Kelsey and focus on them and let the other guys beat us now when they played before uh, earlier this season in the chiefs win uh, trying to stop Kelsey resulted in Tyree kill getting over 200 yards, beating poor Carlton Davis, like a drum. Hopefully that doesn't happen this time. If you're a bucks fan, but really the only chance that the Buccaneers have is not to try to think they can stop everyone. They have a good defense. They have a young, fast, aggressive defense in Tampa. They're going to do some damage. The problem is with a guy like Mahomes, once you think you have him, once he starts moving around the pocket, you're screwed. You're done. You got to keep him contained in the pocket. Once he starts moving out side to side, it's over for you. So you got to pick your poison. You got to say we're going to try to focus on Hill, try to clamp down on Kelsey, keep Mahomes so he can do minimal damage again. You're not going to stop Mahomes, but you can minimize the damage. And as I've been saying about these teams with dynamic offenses, and both Tampa and Kansas City have dynamic offenses. 
the best weapon that the Bucks have is to somehow hold on to the ball as long as possible. They have to commit to the running game with Jones and Fournette. They, they can't go, you know, first play, first snap to Tom Brady, 50-yard bomb down the field to Godwin or Evans. Because that's just giving the ball right to Kansas City. You might as well say, let's start the game 7-7. they got to take their time. they got to slow it down. they got to keep the pressure on Mahomes. They have the linebackers to cover a guy like Kelsey. If Whitehead and Antoine Winfield Jr. can both play, because they Winfield missed the last game, Whitehead went out during the game against the Packers. If they can play, if they got the full complement of their defense and they can slow the game down, they have a chance. But when all is said and done, I, I just think it's going to be too much for uh, Tampa to overcome. I think it's going to be a good game. I think Tampa can keep up with them for a while. But here's what Kansas City does, especially if Tampa gets out to a lead, 10-0, 7-0, 14-0, they're done. Because this is what Kansas City does. We saw it in the playoffs last year. They lurk. They hang around. They don't expend a lot of energy. They let you get this false sense of confidence, get a full head of steam. Look, we have a lead. Bills got a lead last week or two weeks ago. Chiefs came back and you know scored 31 straight points on them. If the Bucs get out to a lead, that's when Kansas City will strike. Kansas City waits for you to, to get confident, get comfortable. Kansas City plays when it wants to play. This is what I've been saying about them all year. They play when they want to play. They use only as much energy as they have to. They didn't blow out a lot of teams during this regular season because they didn't have to. But this is the Super Bowl. This is the last game of the year for both these teams as I continue to spew out the Campbell-like cliches. So Kansas City, either they're gonna, it's going to be a shootout with – Teams going back and forth, and Kansas City, younger, faster, a little stronger on offense, will win that game. If it's a, a game in which Tampa Bay can assert itself, and I would hope they get the ball first and stay on offense, if they can assert themselves, slow down the game, establish a good running game, get a little bit of a lead, and then keep your foot on the gas. Do not let up. Do not get confident. Play the entire game like you're playing from behind. That's the only way Tampa Bay is going to win. I think they have a, a better than average chance to win. But I think in the end, it's going to be Kansas City. You sure about this? I think so. Ask me in a few minutes. I'll give you a whole nother recap. But again, <laughs> again, how do you stop the Kansas City def- offense? You don't. That's what Arians and Todd Bowles have to murder. Pick your poison. Choose who you want to let get there. Get fed and key in on the other guys. So it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be – the only thing that would surprise me about this game is if it was another you know, 13-3 to defensive snooze fest because that would go against everything these two teams stand for. But, again, I think it's going to be, uh, going to be a good game. I mean, you got two dynamic offenses, and who doesn't love seeing the oldest versus the youngest, right? Tom Brady versus the guy who's going to be – We'll be talking about as the GOAT 20 years from now in Patrick Mahomes. And certainly if he wins the second Super Bowl in a row, that talk is going to start up in earnest. Even though he's two Super Bowls, he's still you know four behind Brady in terms of wins and eight behind in terms of appearances. But, hey, two for two. It's pretty, pretty good. So We'll see what happens. Well, I think the Patriots are going to win this game. The Patriots, yeah. <laughs> 
hey, it would be two guys who helped the Patriots win all those other Super Bowls, Brady and Gronk. So that's the less important part of the Super Bowl, right? The the game on the field, who's going to win, the predictions. Well, let's talk about what's truly important. And that Hold is... Hold on, you didn't even ask me for my prediction. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Am I I'm even sorry. here, Rob? Am I, I even I, here? I apologize from the heart of my bottom. I was rushing through. I was all excited about the Super Bowl. What is your prediction? I disagree with everything that you said. Of course you do. That's why I didn't ask you. Tom Brady and the Gronk are going to win this thing 30-28. And the key factor for them winning this Super Bowl, as they have done in every Super Bowl that they won, is Eli Manning is not playing. True. They don't have the giant defensive line. That's why Tom Brady will win. His 700 Super Bowl on Sunday. All right. Good tip. Now, if we read about to tonight, if we read tonight or tomorrow or Friday night that the Chiefs have signed off their practice squad a, a youngster from Ole Miss named Eli Manning. No, I tell you what, I, I got one better for you. If Eli Take it gets, to the if he gets tickets to the game and he's in the press, if, if he's in the building, the Chiefs will win. How great would it be? And hear me out on this one he for the coin toss. special. Envoy for the Chiefs at that game. Just he comes out Brady for the crazy. coin toss, smacks Brady on the yes! helmet and says, what's up? Yes! How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Wearing a Chiefs number 10 jersey. Bring Eli in. Oh, that'd be great. No, I like your other idea. Sign him for like one game. Can they do that? Could they do that this late? Uh, probably not. No. Okay. But they could have him on the sideline as COVID an advisor. He'd protocol anyway, right? Yeah. He could be there as an advisor on the sideline. But in, in a full Chiefs uniform... And just, you know, every once in a while, I could wave from the sideline over at uh, over to Brady. Hi. Hi, Tommy. Tommy. So. How about the, the the NFL hires him and puts him on the sideline as, like, one of the guys who holds the speakers, but on the Buck side? That'd know? be great. <laughs> <laughs> Tapping him on the shoulder when the defense has the ball. Tommy. Hey, Tommy. Tommy. So there you go. <laughs> That's my prediction. Now. Now, right. now you can continue going on ignoring me and going with the rest of your NFL Super Bowl special spectacular. Stuff. All right, so let's let's talk about the stadium itself. And the most important question is: Can the Bucks will they be able to fire the cannons like they do during the regular season at Raymond James Stadium? They fire it during team intros. They fire it when the team has the ball in the red zone, and they fire it obviously when the Bucks score a touchdown. The answer is sort of. The NFL will not let the Bucks fire the cannon when they score or when they get into the red zone. They will, however, allow the Buccaneers to fire the cannon during team introductions, but it's going to be piped in cannon noise, boo, what? and not the actual cannons. Yes, piped in cannon noise. Now, if the Bucks win, it'll be a, a cannon palooza with the actual cannons firing. But for the introductions, uh, it's going to be recorded cannon fire. And the Bucks, by the way, for those that are curious, they are the home team. They'll be wearing their white jerseys and the pewter pants. Not, as I was hoping, the old Buccaneer Bruce creamsicle orange and white uniforms. That would have been worth the price of admission. So firing the cannons, uh, sort of, the stadium will be transformed, even though it, it is a home game for Tampa, as everyone knows. They are going to transform the stadium into much more of a neutral field. Um, the Bucks will use the same locker room they use during the regular season, and they'll have the cannon, but otherwise it's going to be largely a neutral affair. The best news of all is there will be fans. If you believe these numbers, 
and we'll see. Sometimes they underreport how many fans are going to be there. Uh, there's going to be between twenty five and twenty five thousand fans and thirty thousand cutouts. Yikes! Wow. Uh, amongst you those, know, couldn't that be money? Couldn't can't they feed the homeless with that money? Do we I, really I need those those freaking things in the goddamn stand? It's just it's I, I hate seeing those things. Um, they will, however, have seventy five hundred vaccinated healthcare workers, uh, all expenses paid, the game, the trip, the whole thing, uh, courtesy the NFL, which I think is wonderful. Um, and then they will recognize the healthcare workers at some point um, during the game. Is the governor giving them a ride over to the stadium? You would think the same guy who was at a press conference maskless and shaking hands and putting his hands to his face, good old buckaroo DeSantis. Um, I'm sure he will. I'm, maybe he'll do the coin flip. He'll just lick the coin and then hand it to the players. So what, I'm sorry, Rob. What was the total number of uh... – uh, of real people plus the cutouts? How many? You got 25,000 fans, 30,000 cutouts. Happy days. All right. Yikes. Yikes, what yikes, yikes. What are we eating at the Super Bowl? What are you eating at home? All right. Well, what I'll be eating is probably going to do the old pizza thing from the local pizzeria. Maybe some chips and dip. I know. It's not that exciting. What about the wings? No, I'm not. I'm just. Are you kidding me? You're not going to have wings? I don't know. Probably not. But I do I'm have, have here. Double wings, extra hot sauce, and a bucket of blue cheese. Go ahead. But I, I do have here the from Google Trends. You know how I love the maps, the food maps. Give this is maps, from Google baby. Trends, America's Super Bowl recipe. So for our national listening audience, here's where you should probably not go. As you look for a Super Bowl party now in New York, uh, this is a quarter. This is relatively uniquely searched Super Bowl recipes by state. So they got this. Google Trends got this based on what people are recipes people are looking for per state. If you're in the great state of New York, it's chili. You shockingly in Maryland, wait for it, crab dip. Boring. Now, yeah. Now, uh, Wendy's in the, chili, de- the best, by the way. Go ahead. In the Dakotas, North Dakota pizza sauce, South Dakota marinara sauce. In Nebraska, a cream cheese jalapeno hamburger. Nice. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, Dill pickle with beef dip. That's Alaska. If you're going to California to watch the Super Bowl, fried rice. I'm just going to let that. And by the way, the pilots are awesome. They will get you there safely. Go ahead. They will. Um, Perhaps the state to stay away from. For many reasons, but in this case, Arkansas. If you're looking for green beans as your Super Bowl snack, please, by all means, go to Arkansas. Kentucky. This kind of surprised me. Uh, Fondue. (laughs) Fondue apparently is the food of choice in Kentucky. Uh, Idaho. Would you like to take a guess as to what the number one food for Idaho is? (laughs) Uh, Soup. Why the potato? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, yes. Because you're in Idaho. A lot of Irish live in Idaho, you know. A lot of jalapeno poppers. And then, so sandwiched between chicken in Alabama and crab dip in South Carolina and shrimp in Florida is Georgia with wedi, ham, bologna, and turkey subs. So Living on the edge down there. Take that for what it's worth, America. So that's 
a little look as to and what nobody's America. eating wings. I don't get well, it. Well, no. Are you kidding? You, well, yes, you've got wings in. Well, you got buffalo chicken dip in both New Jersey and Connecticut. You've got yeah. wings in New Hampshire. You've got wings in Maine. Uh, let's see. Where else do you have wings? Wings in Colorado. It'll be wings in Long uh, Island. I tell you that much. Buffalo chicken dip again in Virginia. A lot of Philly cheesesteaks, Stromboli. Again, onion dip, both ranch dip and French onion dip. Yeah, so it's uh, good. It's all over have, the map. And you're gonna have pizza all by yourself. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Any toppings, Rob? You're gonna live in the end. You're just gonna plain pizza. Oh, plain pizzas for suckers. No, I'll be having uh, probably some some variety of meat toppings because. It's the Super Bowl, after all. He likes the meats. Some pepperoni, some bacon, some extra cheese. Maybe throw an onion on there just to feel like I'm getting a vegetable. a handy jar of Lipitor on the side. Yes. I like to have my own, just like in the movie Casino Royale, I like to have my own mini defibrillator like (laughs) Daniel Craig had in the glove compartment of his car. So when, you know, that last piece of pizza doesn't quite go down the way I expect it to, I can, you know, paddle myself, and that's... Not a euphemism for anything. Unbelievable. So hey, look. let me ask you this. Do you want Super Bowl prop bets, some of the weird ones, or do you want to talk about the advertisers as we wrap up? Well, I, I figured we go to the advertising because, uh, unfortunately, this year the sports honchos will not be. We're going to be actually joining quite a few other companies, and we also are not going to advertise this year at the Super Bowl. We're yeah, save, it's, we'll save um, a little money this year. So Budweiser, Coke, and Pepsi. Now, Pepsi is sponsoring the halftime show, but – Budweiser and Coke and Pepsi and some other brands are sitting this one out. And by the way, from uh, Manscaped, we've heard that you're a big Bruno Bruno Mars fan. (laughs) Sometimes I'm smuggling him in through airport security. Too bad. He's not playing it this weekend. It's the weekend that's playing it this weekend. Go figure. He's another guy that you might look like you're smuggling the weekend through airport security. (laughs) Anyway, for the first time, this is from uh, ABCnews.com. Uh, for the first time since 1983, Anheuser-Busch, when they used all their ad time to introduce a beer called Bud Light, the beer giant isn't advertising its iconic Budweiser brand during the Super Bowl. Instead, it's donating the money it would have spent on the ad to coronavirus vaccination awareness efforts, which is fine. But remember, Budweiser is the home of the Clydesdales, the frogs chirping Budweiser, the what's up guys. I mean, they have some of the most iconic ads. Some of the theory is from a Dartmouth College professor of corporate communication that we have a pandemic that is casting a pall over just about everything. And it's hard to feel the exuberance and excitement people normally would. Another marketing professor from Villanova says, think, I think the advertisers are correctly picking up on this being a riskier year for the Super Bowl. There's risk associated with messages that are potentially too light. At the same time, there's a risk associated with doing anything too somber, to which I say, boo. Boo, boo, boo. This is exactly the time to forget about all the COVID stuff and say, you got to be careful what you're saying. I apologize to everybody who's offended by what Rob Rob just said. No, and, and just enjoy the escapism of, there's two reasons people watch the Super Bowl, the game and the ads. They want ads that are funny. You know what they want? They want the career builder monkey in suits, one of the greatest Super Bowl ads of all time. That's what they want. They don't want to see ads where people are wearing masks. They don't want to be reminded about what's happening in the world. They're aware of it. 
We're all we're all painfully aware of it. We want to see ridiculously stupid, foolish, nostalgic, sometimes heartwarming ads. We don't want to be bludgeoned to death with any messaging. We just want to be entertained because if the game's not entertaining, the ads should be. That's fine. You want to donate money to coronavirus vaccination awareness efforts. I'm all for that. But don't bail out on Super Bowl ads because you feel like it might not be appropriate. It might not be the time for fun. It's exactly the time for fun. People aren't watching the Super Bowl because they want to be immersed in the problems of the world. They're watching it to escape. A three, four-hour escape from what's happening. So to Coke and to to Budweiser and Pepsi and anyone else who's not going to advertise or is going to do an advertisement that's going to just serve to remind everybody of the troubles we're in, I say, you know what, boo. Boo. I'm a little disappointed in your attitude. Boo! I, you know. This is this is a past year, Rob. I want monkeys in suits. No, sorry. Then you just have to go to last year's highlights. It's not well, appropriate. It was, it was many appropriate. years ago. I, by the way, everyone, Google career builder monkeys in suits for one of the great ads of all time. And that's the Super Bowl. That's the Super Bowl preview from my end. And it's pretty damn good, man. It's pretty good. Can I just do one prop bet? You can yes, actually please do. You yes. can can bet because it looks on, like it looks like from all the sticky notes i see over there it looks like you put a lot of time into it do we need to do a uh a, a, a sports honcho sunday super bowl spectacular uh special well, tomorrow like no a, but but, wanna, but people know, plus you know Claude plus people you know, can like call Disney plus we could have sports honchos plus tomorrow. well no it's much simpler remember we just if you want to talk about prop bets on the super bowl on super bowl sunday just call the sports honchos yes. hotline that's nine one one Anyway, you can bet as to what color the hat is that Bruce Arians is going to wear on the sideline. All sorts of crazy bets. Awesome. And are there any bets that you are going to partake in? Uh, no. I'm betting the no. house on Eli Manning showing up at the game. Shockingly enough. <laughs> you're betting on what? Eli Manning showing up at the game. <laughs> oh, that would, again, that would be fabulous. Hey, I would love to see – again, I want to see him as the honorary coin flipper to come out there and say, here's the NFL coin with the heads and the tails and call it and they had that guy. Not the head ref, not, not, not whoever's the ref for the game, but I want to see Eli Manning just to freak out Tom Brady and see what he does. Well, look, it's hard to believe it's here. Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody enjoy it. And then we'll come back here next week and we will go back and we will recap how the line judges did how the guys who moved the first down, Marcus did, will focus yep. primarily on that and not so much the game when we come back here for the post-Super Bowl spectacular. Full recap yes. and whatnot. Well done, Mr. Cooney. But now as we wrap up this episode of the Sports Honchos, it's time for the Dope of the Week. Dope of the Week. That's awesome, dude. Yes, that's right. The Gags Gang and I spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Company. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week Cup around the ice rink of shame this week? Juliana Carlos, the courtside Karen. Way to go, Juliana! 
That's it. She has no official job in the world of sports. Miss Carlos is an Instagram influencer, a title that would be enough to make her the DOT dubs, by the way, or as I like to call her the world's most obscene Barbie doll. Carlos, who claims to be 25, is married to 56-year-old Georgia businessman Chris Carlos, part owner of the second largest distributor of wine and premium spirits in the United States, and who is rumored to be worth mm, $80 million. Chris is an Atlanta Hawks season ticket holder and has long professed his dislike for LeBron James. This past Monday, the hometown Hawks hosted James's Los Angeles Lakers. The Hawks are one of a handful of NBA teams hosting some fans, about 10%, uh, in State Farm Arena. Mostly That's the home line Right, and all sitting courtside. Juliana and Chris have courtside seats. During the fourth quarter of the game, all hell broke loose as Juliana and Chris were kicked out of the arena for getting in a shouting match with James that actually stopped the game momentarily. Not only were words exchanged that would make Caligula blush, but Juliana made things worse by removing her mask so her stream of expletives could be heard and enjoyed what by a everyone. Game. It is unclear what LeBron James said to Professor Carlos. According to The Athletic, he did call Chris Carlos, quote, old steroid ass. However, there is no evidence that James said any of the things to Chris or Juliana Carlos that Juliana alleges. The words allegedly exchanged between Juliana and James at the game are not the story. The real story is her reaction after being kicked out. Now, I cannot recreate the magic of Ms. Carlos's skills as an orator, so I will let her do the talking. Let us listen to the first clip of Juliana as she tells us what happened. LeBron James looked at my husband during the game and cussed him out and I stood up and I go don't fucking talk to my husband talk to my husband one more time and I will fuck you up and he started fighting with me he goes shut your mouth dumb bitch and I go you shut your fucking mouth bitch <gasps> Robert what kind yeah, of show so do we have here it's it's salty now she must have gone to Harvard by the way those were those so there's a couple of video clips from inside the arena in the parking lot right after security ushered her out. Later on, she posted another video on Instagram in which she defended her actions. Clearly, she is destined for a job at the United Nations. Let's take a listen. And warning, the language is a bit salty. So let's hear some more from Minding Ms. Carlos. Minding my own business, and Chris has been a Hawks fan forever. He's been watching the games for 10 years, whatever. He has this issue with LeBron. I don't have an issue with LeBron. I don't give a fuck about LeBron. Anyway, I'm minding my own business, drinking my wine, having fun. All of a sudden, LeBron says something to my husband. And I, and I see this, and I go, I stand up and go, don't fucking talk to my husband. And he looks at me, and he goes, sit the fuck down, bitch. And I go, don't fucking call me a bitch. You sit the fuck down. Get the fuck out of here. And I go, don't fucking talk to my husband like that. Don't talk to my husband. And he literally was like, fuck you, bitch. Sit down, bitch. And all of a sudden, now I'm getting kicked out. Excuse me, I have courtside seats that I pay for. Fuck you, LeBron. You're a fucking pussy. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, You're going to let a 25-year-old girl intimidate you during a game? <laughs> Bye, bitch. Yo, I truly cannot fathom how whack some of you guys are. Like, and... I don't know about you guys, but if my girl was at a game and someone was talking to me and my girl didn't stand up for me, I would 
kind of reevaluate that relationship. <gasps> so for all of you clowns saying, your wife's a gold digger, guess what? If I was a gold digger, I would sit back and mind my own fucking beeswax and I wouldn't open my mouth. But guess what? I'm not a gold digger. That's my husband. I love him. If someone disrespects him, I will check him, whether it's LeBron James or a fucking bum on the street. <gasps> Yikes. You know, what I wonder if the- she's... I wonder if she has ever actually looked up the definition of gold digger in the dictionary. This whole situation would have been bad enough had it ended here. But yesterday, less than 24 hours after the incident, she posted an apology on the gram, uh, not a, but not a video. How unusual. So here's the apology about last night, dot, dot, dot. To say things escalated quickly at yesterday's game is an understatement. I want to apologize for losing my cool and removing my mask in the heat of the moment. My husband is a huge sports fan, and we're passionate people. And let's be real. Sports wouldn't be sports without a little trash talking. I add parenthetically, a little. What should have been a quick back and forth between two adults got out of hand, and my natural instinct to stand up for the man I love kicked in. Did I get defensive when that happened? Yes. Did I use offensive language when I could have taken the higher road? Yes. And for these things, I take full responsibility. Now, I'll let that apology sink in for a moment as the laughter subsides. That apology is reminiscent of the best apology ever from the movie A Fish Called Wanda, and here it is right now. All right, all right, I apologize. You're really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. You take it back. I do. I offer a complete and utter retraction. The imputation was totally without basis in fact and was in no way fair comment and was motivated purely by malice. And I deeply regret any distress that my comments may have caused you or your family. And I hereby undertake not to repeat any such slander at any time in the future. Of course, John Cleese in the movie was 100% sincere, while Julianne's apology may be just a smidge less. And all this begs the question, was Julianne really defending her husband's honor or simply promoting herself and her brand? Come on now, raise your hand if you had heard of Juliana Carlos before Monday night. I'm guessing it is the latter. Now, I'm all for shameless self-promotion every now and then, but how about we keep it at least PG-13 and not slander the best player in basketball? So, Juliana Carlos, for proving that maybe people on Instagram should be seen and not heard, for making Tammy Wynette roll over in her grave, and for making NBA arenas as safe and inviting for kids as an abandoned refrigerator, you are the sports honcho's dope of the week. Congrats, Juliana. The certificate will be posted on the gram. Way to go, Juliana! Or should I say, way to fucking go! <laughs> yeah. I think she went to Tony D'Angelo's school of uh, decorum. Oh, no, nah, I don't know. She might be a little worse than Tony D. That was brutal. That sure was. And I got, I got, you know, just so everybody, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, she put the sparkle effect on the Instagram post. It's horrifying. She looks, she does look like a Barbie doll come to life. Oh, man. Well, we won't be going to their house for the Super Bowl, Rob. No. We certainly won't. Fucking invited. No. I think we're better off. Oh, too much. Good stuff. Don't be a dope out there, folks. You may end up on this show. I'll tell you that much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to the Sports Hunters. And we see is downloading and subscribing, and we really appreciate it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this Super Sunday preview special with myself, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and 
the other wonderful handsome honcho, Mr. Robert Cooney. And with that, everybody, please enjoy the game this weekend. Stay safe. And, uh, Rob, make sure you have some Lipitor at the side table. All right. I, I will have my portable defibrillator. Don't you worry. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game Sunday. Be smart. Be safe. Do what you have to do. And above all else, peace. You got it. Honcho's out. Take care of yourselves. Go, Eli Manning. Woo!